this episode of Matt Talks. It's coming late in the week, or early, depending on how you're looking at the week, but we're back, and reading, writing, and doing all the fun things we do. So, back to this week's episode of Matt Talks. As always, this show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud completely for free. If you enjoy this episode, there are many more like it, um, as well as other uh, conversations I do with people, interviews I do with people in video games, but if video games aren't your thing, I get that. So, we're going to talk about books today, um, and we're going to talk about mostly books. Yeah, it's all books. But it'll be fun. So we're going to do that. Um, other housekeeping things. If you enjoy the show, you can keep up on Twitter. You can tweet me at M-A-T-T-A-G-H-E-T-T-I at Mattigatti on Twitter. You can send me messages if you have books that you'd like me to read, games you'd like me to check out, things like that. Or if you'd prefer to keep up on Facebook, the Matterday Podcast has a Facebook page. You can keep up there. It's just as easy. Send a message. Let me know what you'd like to hear, what you'd like my thoughts on, what books, games, music, movies, anything like that. So on with the show. For the books I wanted to talk about, um, there there's a, was a bit of a, of a negotiation that I had to have with myself, a little bit of a conversation. Um, I read through Lord of the Rings this past few weeks um, because I, I read multiple books at once, so I don't just sit down and read through Lord of the Rings. I also got through the other book we'll talk about. But um, in getting through the Lord of the Rings, I wanted to, I had to figure out if I wanted to talk about each individual book, the the Two Towers, the Fellowship, and, well, it's the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and then the Return of the King, or if I wanted to combine them all and talk about them all as one book. Ultimately, I decided to talk about them all as one book. Um, the reason why is Tolkien, in writing them, wanted them to be one, from what I understand, and what was in uh, the um, forward in the book I read, in the books I read, because they were broken up into three when I read them, but his intention was to write them as one long book. So they were broken up for publishing, for ease of read, um, but they were intended to be, obviously they are one story, but they're intended to be one book. So I'm gonna talk about them as one book. Lord of the Rings. Um, first of all, if you don't like fantasy, and if you don't like that kind of stuff, obviously uh, Lord of the Rings is pretty direct about where it's going. It's a fantasy book. It's uh, one of, if not the most classic piece of fantasy literature um it's exceptionally well written just fantastic um on the the technical side on the the depth and the level of um just thought that goes into everything in the books people make fun of them or comment a lot that uh the author puts a backstory to every tree branch and a backstory to everybody's unmentioned dad and dad's sister and dad's sisters killed paternal whatever they just these families and this lore goes back endlessly and it does the edition i read um which i don't remember which edition it is off the top of my head was at the end of return of the king at the end of the third book um was filled with six appendices six different appendix that were to be read after the book 100 some pages of just family lineage and different well the maps weren't included in that in those six because the maps were separate there were also maps of the entire land that he drew out and wrote out um there were family lineage there were family trees of of not only the main characters but then the secondary characters and the side characters had just the most elaborately fleshed out backstories um the other end of that of his methodical tending to the characters themselves is his ability to juggle multiple stories going on at once. Um, so in the original one, in the in the Fellowship of the Ring, we'll touch on them all separately briefly. Yes. Fellowship of the Ring, 
Um, all the characters are kind of introduced pretty quickly. They get going, and the book is just, it, it has such a fluidity to the movement. Uh, I understand it tends to be a more dense read, and obviously if you've looked at the other books I've talked about in this podcast, you've seen things like Atlas Shrugged, which is Anne Rand. You've seen um, there are some pretty dense reads in there. There are some self-help books in there. There's some books that aren't necessarily going to be, in this big air quotes, fun to read. Um, I found Lord of the Rings to be incredibly fun to read all the way through, from the very, very beginning to the very, very end. Um, so that being said, I felt like it moved pretty well. The just, story just kept going. It always made sense the direction things were going. Um, bear in mind, and this because I like having total disclaimers and being transparent, I am a huge fan of the movies, or was a huge fan of the movies before the books. Um, I own the extended edition. I thought they were fantastic visually. I thought the story was great. So I've seen the movies a couple times in the extended edition before jumping in on the books. Um, so that helped a lot with just reading. Obviously, they're not the same. They're never exactly the same movie to book translations. Um, but it helps a lot just visualizing the characters and what was going on and, and kind of feeling it out. There are characters who meet different demises and different ends in the book than in the movie, but they do a pretty great job helping you visualize. So um, oddly enough, I would say to watch the movies first on these. I think it helps kind of paint a good uh, mental picture, at least sketch one out for you. Um, but the first one, the first book, The Fellowship, gets moving very nicely, gets everything kind of explained and, and then goes and gets the team on the road, gets everybody moving forward. After that, you've got The Two Towers. Two Towers is, um, it was kind of a weird read for me because the the Fellowship of the Ring starts off so much and is just such a good catalyst. It's such a good, everything gets going and it's off to the races. And then you get to The Two Towers and everything has to keep moving before you get to the end, which is Return of the King. It does a great job, but in reading it, I ripped through it so quickly because I just wanted to keep the story moving. By that time, I was personally so invested in the story and the characters and seeing everything move forward. Um, my ability to slow down and uh, do anything else was totally thrown wayside so I could get through that book. It was so, it was good, but it was good because it had started in such a good place because uh, Fellowship of the Ring did such a good job kind of painting out what was going to happen or what needed to happen. Um, so that being said, uh, Two Towers was fantastic, but it was fantastic because it had such a good initial uh, book behind it. And then finally, Return of the King, um, very, very well executed, just end-to-end, fantastic again. Um, the, there, the Return of the King is where you'll see the biggest discrepancies, the biggest differences um, from the movie. The And again, they're always going to be different, so if you prefer one, that's fine. Um, the movie does a great job handling some characters ends that I think needed to be handled the way they were handled in the movie for cinema's sake. Um, but in the books, everything makes sense. If you're like me and you watch the movies first, which again, I recommend, uh, some pieces of the books, and this goes for all three of them, especially the first and the third and the third and the third, and the third especially the fellowship and the return of the King. Some pieces will definitely seem very strange. Uh, if you've read the books, you know characters like Tom Bombadil just have nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. It makes sense that they were cut. Why they're in the book, I don't know. But they're they're interesting, fun, and weird. But they just have the weirdest hook in Middle Earth and the weirdest little spot in the world that uh, was created. So very strange um, inclusions. But overall, fantastic stuff that wasn't necessarily included in the movie. Fantastic to see what the original thought was. Um, same for for other characters who 
meet different ends and things like that. Um, so ultimately, very, very good. Absolutely loved Lord of the Rings. If you don't like it or you have other thoughts on it, let me know. Um, like I said at the start, you can keep up on Twitter or Facebook or Google Play, SoundCloud, wherever the podcast is. Um, but Twitter and Facebook are the easiest ways to let me know. But I love you. I would love to hear your insights on the uh, on Lord of the Rings and, and series like that and what you think or thought when you read it. Um, the other book that I wanted to talk about is called Yes And. Uh, yes And is kind of, well, it's by, um, it's by Yorton. It's got a couple authors, but the one I noted down was Yorton. It's kind of a weird book to talk about in that the, the whole premise behind it is improv. So it's kind of um, this idea that improv comedy is applicable to everyday life. Why is that a weird idea to talk about? First of all, first before anything else, because the show, this one right here right now, obviously doesn't have a script. That's why we um so much. Number two, and also equally important, because it's not really something you think about. So once you start thinking about improv being applicable in a business situation, it kind of unpacks a lot of different um, ideas and a lot of different, not necessarily ideas, but things that are set in stone, I suppose, a different concept of what, and air quotes on this, what work is and what fun is, um, and really blends them together. The book does a fantastic job uh, explaining how the fluidity of thinking on the stage, the fluidity of thinking in groups of people, is what you need to be able to think in a team environment, in an entourage environment. The uh, book talks about entourage versus team, where an entourage has a number of players that all have their voice or they all have their part, their piece. They all have something to say and they all have something to give and something to take and they all have this fluidity of movement that works between them as opposed to a team where there's always a star player or, or a starter or different people who have to jump in and, and maybe help the game move differently. So the idea of having your team be very balanced like an entourage where nobody can take the spotlight because if they take it the whole group looks bad is an interesting thing to think about you always hear about teams in in work and in careers and in professional or academic environments it's always a team it's not an entourage um some verbiage there but the, the point is just looking at things differently like that um took some other notes on the book let me grab these right here and flip through find some good ones I've got pages of notes, as always, as you know. Um, yes, and explains and unloads each idea, giving it the chance to be acted on. So what that means is yes, and saying yes, and when somebody uh, speaks to you is instead of saying no, but. So if somebody has an idea, you say, would this work? Um, so, you know, maybe we could paint the house blue instead of red. It would make me feel happier. Instead of saying no, but we could paint another color. No, but I wanted to paint it green. You say yes, and and then you ask the question. There's a question mark at the end of and. Yes, and did you want to also paint this green because I was thinking we could use green. The, the idea is that you accept somebody's thought, their comment, their question, their thinking. You accept their way of thinking for just a moment. And then from that, you build on and see where you can come from them. Uh, another thing this book touches on pretty thoroughly is listening to understand. If you read a lot of the books um, that we've been talking about, if you read any kind of self-help books, uh, or if you sit through a long HR class, um, you will pretty well, pretty quickly pick up that a lot of people listen to be heard. They listen to speak. Um, when people are talking to one another, often the conversation is one person talks, the next, the other person hears them and then creates their response to throw back. They try to keep that conversation moving. They're playing a game of tennis so they can keep hitting the ball back. Listening to understand is listening not to hit the ball back, but to catch it. And you think about it. And then you present your 
other opinion, your question, your insight, your thought. Um, your goal is never to be the person who's quickest on the retort. It's not to be the person who's heard. You want to listen, understand. Uh, a couple of things. None of us is as smart as all of us. I found this one to be extremely interesting because obviously there are geniuses out there. There are people um, in your work environment. And then I find this interesting because I'm one of the other people where I think everybody knows more than me. I know how much I know, and I know it's not a whole lot all the time. So I like to think I know that a lot of other people know more than me. Um, but none of us are small, as smart as all of us. So if you have one idea, if you have one little tiny idea, everyone else in the room, let's say there are 12 other people in your class, your work setting, whatever it is you're work, doing, there are 12 other people on your entourage. Everyone has an idea. So if somebody has an idea that's a great idea and they give that great idea, they've given a great idea, but they did not give all the ideas. And your idea or his or her idea, whoever's idea might not be as good as their idea, but the combined power of everyone's idea is still better than that one person's idea. So none of us is as smart as all of us. Um, it's humbling on the one end, but on the other end, it's empowering because it reminds you that no matter how smart you think you are in a given situation or how dumb you are in a different situation or how... Um, ignorant in a situation you are never out of the game you are still able to to contribute because one idea is never going to be as good as all of the ideas uh, a bad idea may just be the first step to the final idea that's a pretty easy to understand concept so if you have a bad idea it's, it might just be something on the road to get into a better one um, not necessarily the final idea and it could be because your idea is bad but it hasn't mingled with someone else's also bad idea comes out to be good two negatives equal positive um, the other the last note um, it's a Winston Churchill quote. Um, Churchill's been controversy as of, controversial as of late. So this quote has nothing to do with, we're not tying it to Winston Churchill anyway, but it is his. So just giving credit where credit's due. Um, it says, never let a good crisis go to waste. The whole point of that is that we don't take a crisis or a moment of being able to learn under pressure and let it just go wayside. If there's pressure to be taken and there's pressure to be had, take the pressure, apply it to yourself, apply it to someone else if you can graciously and help the situation improve by pressure. Um, one of the jobs I used to work, it was a high volume, high pressure environment and often people who were new to the team uh, would succumb a bit to the emotion and the just the constant beating of pressure. And I would always tell them, the new people, I would take them aside and I would say, listen, or pull them aside for just two seconds and say, listen, pressure is what turns coal into diamonds. If we're going to be the best team, if we're going to be the best group of people doing this job, this is what's going to make it is the pressure we're under right now. It's not, it's going to suck. It's going to suck until, you know, four, five, six, whenever you're off the clock. But every minute of that sucking, you'll get better for tomorrow. You'll get better at it. And as a team, we'll just keep getting better. So pressure is what turns coal into diamonds. Never let good pressure or a, a good crisis go to waste. Um, because there's always good pressure we had. That is it for these uh, this week's books, um, all of Lord of the Rings, and then Yes And. Lord of the Rings is by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes And is by Mr. Yorton. Um, that, like I said, that's all going to be all. If you like this episode, please check me out on not me personally, but the the show on Facebook. Um, the Matter Day Podcast has a Facebook page on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud, all for free. And if you want to keep up with me personally, you can do it on Twitter at m a t t a g h e t t i. Matty Getty on Twitter. You can send me a message, say just that you like the show, or maybe just a message of like, hey, here's a good book. I'd like you to check it out. Here's a movie I love. I'd like you to check it out. Here's a game I love playing. Please don't touch my game. Don't talk about it. I want to keep it to myself. Whatever you want to say, I'm there to listen. 
that's all for this week. I will talk to you guys next week as we continue to jump into the crazy, awesome world of media. See you next week.